Let's go to Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and uh, we're going to uh, look at this story here, and uh, it's, uh, if you, uh, sometimes you'll have different headings in your, in your Bible, and if you have a heading that may read this, the first apostolic miracle, of course this is, uh, the book of Acts was to be uh, the record of the beginning of the church after Jesus has ascended up into heaven, and uh, commissioned his church then to go out, start preaching the gospel, and make an impact on the world, and by the way, boy, Boy, oh boy, did they ever, amen? And it's amazing, and, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, but, but how just a, a ragtag a group of a, a rough-around-the-neck fishermen uh, who, truth be told, were, were pretty rough around the edges when Jesus first found them, were the men God used to turn the world upside down. That just shows you the power that God can do in a life, amen? And we're going to talk about that this morning. So if you find your place, stand with me together. I'm going to read the Scripture, uh, Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I'll read down through verse 11. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom when they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which was set, sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wandering. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. Now, God, as we turn our attention to the most important part of the service, Lord, the preaching of your word, I pray, God, you'd speak to us through it. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you'd be active in our midst today. Uh, we've tried to set the environment for you to be welcome here. And God, Lord, we want you to know you are welcome here. We invite you here. And I pray you'd move amongst us today. I pray, Lord, if there's a person here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, Lord, that they would accept you today before it's eternally too late. I pray that you'd bless those of us that are saved, God, to allow the Word of God to help us and change us and make us better for you. We love you now, and we ask it in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We read here in this story about uh, a lame man uh, who, who uh, uh, got changed, amen? The transformation of a lame man. And, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I try to have catchy titles. And I was, I, was, I was reading through this. I was trying to come up with a catchy title. I thought about entitling this, From Begging to Legging, all right? I thought about that title. I thought about this, From Weeping to Leaping. Uh, or how about this, From Crypt to Skip, all right? But it just didn't quite, I just couldn't quite. You know, get the Lord's leading on that. So we're just going to entitle this this morning, The Transformation of a Lame Man. Amen? The Transformation of a Lame Man. By the way, let me say this, church. All of us need to be changed. Amen? All of us need to be changed. And uh, you know what? The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Amen? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And by the way, let me say this. When Jesus Christ enters a life, something's going to change. Amen? And by the way, that process doesn't stop once Christ comes. It's a continual process of Him changing us and helping us and, and molding us in 
man to what he wants for us to be. By the way, you know what it's called? It's called growth. Amen? I mean, come on. When you, if you, you've had children and, and your kids are born and, and they're, they're babies, listen, uh, something's wrong if they don't grow. Something's wrong if they still don't start maturing. Something's wrong if they don't uh, start changing. Amen? And the Christian life is no different. And when Jesus Christ comes in, I promise you this, there will be a transformation. Amen? There will be a transformation. So we're going to look at this story today. I just want to give you a, some simple thoughts from this and pray you'll be helped and encouraged. Number one, let's look at this. The, this transformation happened because two men decided to pray. Notice what it says there in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Now it should not surprise us that this miraculous change came at the hour of prayer. You see, Peter and John had a purpose for coming to the temple that day. They came to pray. Amen? An hour had been set aside in the temple uh, in the temple schedule for the express purpose of gathering people to pray. And folks, let me just say this. If you want to be transformed, you cannot bypass prayer. Amen? Listen, if you want God to transform someone else, it must begin with prayer. There is no substitute for prayer. This is a necessary ingredient in the recipe of a miracle. And that's why around the church we have several times where, where we gather together in a united way and have prayer together. I mean, come on, Thursday night, we called our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study. Amen? And almost every Thursday night without fail, there may be a few exceptions here and there, but you know what we do after the Bible study? We gather together as a group. We, we, we break off into groups of two or three, and we spend some time praying. Amen? By the way, let me say this, uh, there's something uh, powerful about united prayer. And I'm not solely preaching on prayer this morning, but let me say this, uh, it's important as Christians that we understand the importance of that in our lives. Yesterday, before we went out and handed out cards, we met together here a few minutes early, and you know what we had? We had a prayer meeting, amen? We got on our knees throughout this room, and, and, and we began to cry out to God and ask God, and by the way, God answered some of those prayers, Amen. You that are visitors today, uh, you say, uh, well, you know, you, you may say, well, I just happened to come here today. Oh, it wasn't happen chance, amen. You were prayed for, amen. We prayed that God would, would send us some visitors today, and we have some. That's an answer to prayer, amen. Let me just say this. You'll never see God move in a great way uh, if you don't learn to pray, amen. Here we have Christ teaching on the power, think about this, of just two Christians joining together in agreement to pray. Again, Peter and John went together to the temple for the express purpose of prayer. They shared a common calling, common goals, and a common burden to be used of God. They met together to pray over the things they held in common. And let me say this, you know what? Uh, uh, if they had not gone to that prayer meeting that particular day, guess what? We would not have this miraculous story of the, of the transformation of this lame man. And so, Christian, let me just encourage you. Amen. Be sure to pray. Be sure. I mean, it ought to go without, without saying that Christians just pray. But sad to say, you know what? Uh, truth be told, maybe one of the biggest lies as Christians we tell when we, say, when we tell someone, I'm going to be praying for you. Maybe, maybe, you know what, we may say that as a cute little cliche thing because, you know, that's what as Christians we're supposed to say. But here's the thing. Hey, are we doing it? Amen. Are we really praying? And I pray that as Christians, we'll get a burden for prayer. By the way, folks, think about this. What a privilege it is to pray. Do you realize what it is as Christians we're doing when we pray? You realize, according to the Bible, we're entering into the very presence right before the very throne of the, of the God of the universe. Amen? 
I'm talking about the God who spoke this world into existence with His words. I'm talking about the God that has all power to do anything. He invites us into His presence to have a one-on-one audience with Him. That's powerful. Amen? And let me just say, that's why the devil works so hard at getting us not to pray. You know why? Because the importance of it and the power in it and the transformation power that comes through prayer. And so first of all, we see is that this transformation happened because these two men decided to pray. Number two, here's what else we see. This transformation happened because of some unnamed people who cared. Now, now, now look at this. Look at verse 2. If you're not careful sometimes, it's easy to miss some of this. But look what it says. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they, that's all it says, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, you know what? Uh, the, these uh, are, are people that we don't know their names. By the way, God didn't choose to record their names in the passage of the Scripture here. And uh, But you know what? Let me say this, folks. The reason that man was able to get healed is because somebody had enough compassion. Somebody had a heart uh, that cared for him enough to daily take him to that gate. Amen? By the way, we see other instances of this in the Scripture. How about Mark chapter 2? We, we see another man who got healed because of some unnamed friends. Listen to what it says in Mark chapter 2. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, think about that, their faith. By the way, whose faith was it that got their friend healed? It wasn't their friend's faith. It was their faith. Amen? He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen? Listen, folks, let me just say this. Uh, Sometimes uh, it's not about... uh, In fact, let me just say this. It shouldn't be about notoriety in the Christian life. The problem is, you know, we get enamored with the things of this life. We get enamored with the, you know, uh, as Saint tries to appeal to our pride. And we got to start thinking, well, you know, I'll do this if everybody knows it was me that did it. By the way, you know what? Uh, I wonder how much more could be done if we didn't care who got the credit for it. Amen? I mean, come on, you hear some famous names of some uh, famous uh, Christians of yesteryear. How about this name, Billy Sunday, right? You've heard of that name before? Billy Sunday, that famous uh, preacher who was who was used to be a, a baseball player for back then. It was the Chicago White Stockings, all right? But the Chicago White Sox is known as today. And he got saved and God transformed his life. And Billy Sunday was one of the most powerful preachers uh, of the previous generations. In fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, Billy Sunday back in the day preached here in Princeton. In fact, he preached right down the street in the apartment, well, it wasn't an apartment building then, the church that uh, uh, that sits in the place where the apartment building where Miss uh, Mary lives at, Billy Sunday, has preached down the street from here, uh, you know, over a hundred years ago in the town of Princeton. In fact, they said about Billy Sunday that one of the things he would do when he was preaching, he would break pulpits because he'd get so intense, so excited, he'd pick a pulpit up and slam it down. So when he came to preach here for Dr. Porter uh, back in the 20s, I believe it was, you know what Dr. Porter did? He nailed his pulpit to the platform. So Billy Sunday couldn't pick it up and smash it down. Amen? And, uh, but you know, you've, you've heard the name of Billy Sunday, but how about this? Who led Billy Sunday to Christ? We don't know. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you traced it back and searched deep enough, you might be able to find, but it's not a name that most people would know about. 
How about this name, uh, D.L. Moody? We've heard that name before. Again, another famous uh, preacher of yesteryear who the Bible, or not, I'm sorry, not the Bible, but uh, history tells us shook continents, not just one, but two continents for the cause of Christ, was responsible for millions of people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody. Who was it that taught D.L. Moody? Who was it that trained him? Who was it that led him to Christ? Well, we do know a little bit more about him. His name was Edward Kimball. You know who he was? He was a Sunday school teacher. Think about that. A Sunday school teacher. Well, I'm just, don't ever say I'm just this or just that. When you're involved in the work of the Lord, you're not just not anything. Hey, listen, every job's important for God. Amen? Amen. And I'm glad Mr. Kimball took uh, 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 his, his responsibility of teaching those young men in his class important, or took that seriously because you know who one of his pupils were? D.L. Moody. Amen? And listen, on and on we could go. So folks, let me just say this. You know why uh, this transformation, this miracle happened? Because there was some unnamed people who cared. By the way, just remember this, okay? God is the one keeping record, and that really should be all that matters to us. By the way, one of these days, God's going to set every record straight. I mean, you know, uh, whatever small task we think that nobody sees, who cares if somebody sees it or not? God sees it. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So get this out of your mind. Well, I'm just not that important. Hey, you're important to God, amen? And every small task matters. You, know, you say, you know, some of you that may have came out yesterday, oh, preacher, did that do any good? I mean, we handed out, I don't know, we probably handed out close to 800 cards yesterday or so. Did that really do any good? I mean, you know, I, you sent me to the, to the podunk town of Hazleton, amen? I mean, uh, who goes to Hazleton, all right? Did that, I mean, I don't see any visitors here. Did that really do any? Listen, you have no idea what God can do with a small little effort toward Him, Amen. By the way, we may not ever see that effort come to fruition, but what if someone picks up a card? White River Baptist Church, I think I'll, I'll check out this church online. And, and they go there. And by the way, on our website, you know what you find on, the, on our website? The gospel, amen? And, 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 and information that, that leads them to the... Hey, what if someone found a card that you left on a door that you don't even know about, came to the church's website, uh, uh, read about the gospel, or listened to one of the messages and got saved? You don't think that's not important to them? Listen, folks, we don't know. So all that to say, hey, keep it up, amen? Whether it's known or not, keep it up because this miracle happened because of some unknown people who cared. Number three, how about this? This transformation happened when the lame man realized he was asking for the wrong thing. Now think about it for a minute, because when he first saw Peter and John, by the way, you know they're Baptist preachers, amen? How do you know they're Baptist preachers? Because look at what they say, silver and gold have I none, amen? They were speaking the truth there, right? Now I'm not complaining, God's taking care of us, amen? But uh, no, you know what he was looking for? He was looking for the monetary need. That's what he was looking for. I mean, listen, he knew he had a problem. He knew he was lame. And he believed that the only way to better his circumstance was to sit at the gate of the temple and beg. This lame man was asking for money when he should have been asking for a miracle. Amen? And folks, unfortunately, we live in a society that believes everything that's wrong with this world can be fixed with more and more money. Many politicians believe that the cure for all national woes is to raise taxes and throw more money at the problems or, or just print it, right? Uh, most see the leaves, but uh, they don't see the root. They spend their lives picking leaves when God tells us to take an axe to the root of the problem. You see, the lame man thought his problem was, pro was poverty. No, poverty was a result of his real problem. You see, the world sees its problems the same way, and they often seek the same temporary help. 
For example, if a person has depression, you know what the world's answer is? Medication. Loneliness. Oh, uh, there's got to be a social media chat room I can join. Drug addiction. Well, let's just have a support group. Destructive behavior. Well, surely someone needs therapy. And folks, listen, I'm not, I'm not against some of these things, but let me just say this. You know what the answer to all these problems and all the problems of society are? It's found in a person and His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Oh, that's just a preacher thing to say. No, that's a real thing to experience. Amen? Listen to me, folks. I'm all about people getting help in other places, but here's the thing. If Jesus Christ isn't at the, at, at, at the part of the solution, there is no solution. So let me just say this, folks. There's only so much you can do within, you know, self-help, right? Because the problem is, well, in fact, the Bible, even Jesus gave us a, a parable about that, about a person who, you know what, they, they swept their house, they garnished it, and, uh, but they didn't fill it with the right thing. And because of that, when, when, when the evil spirits were departed and they didn't fill it with the right thing, more spirits came and they were worse off in their latter case. You know why? Because they tried to find help from, the, from another source, from what the true source is, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? A relationship with Jesus Christ will fix anything. I was talking to some folks yesterday, and, and they were getting out of their car, and, and they didn't have a lot of time to talk. They were trying to get to work. Uh, but, uh, of course, I, I gave them a, a card. I gave them a gospel track. began to witness to them a little bit. And I told them, I said, listen, I, I don't know what all your problem is. I don't know what you, all you're going through. But let me just say this. Jesus Christ is the answer for anything you're facing. And the gentleman looked at me and says, you know what? That's funny you said that. My mom's been telling me that my whole life. I said, well, your mom's got some wisdom, amen? And, of course, I, they, 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 they didn't have time to talk, but I, I told them I'd come back and speak to them at some point. But, folks, all that to say is this, amen? Listen, you know what this world needs? It needs Jesus, amen? And that's why, as Christians, we need to be out spreading that message. And again, I'm not against doing, you know, uh, uh, things, uh, you know, social things that help people. I'm not against that. I'm not against feeding the hungry. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful there's places that, that shelter people and help people. But folks, let me say that. Listen, you can help someone physically, but never help them spiritually. And a hundred years from now, let me just say this, all right? Yeah, a meal makes a difference at the time, but a hundred years from now, you know what's going to make a difference? Whether or not someone has a relationship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the answer for all the world's problems. Hey, He was the answer for this man's problem, and He's the answer for this world's problems today. So this transformation happened when this man realized he was asking for the wrong thing. How about this? This transformation happened because of the power found in the name of Jesus Christ. Man, I love this. Let's read it again. Let's look at Acts chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Here it is. You ready, folks? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Amen? And then later on down in the chapter, the Bible says in verse 16, look at this, Acts chapter 3, And his name through faith and his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Hey, folks, listen to me. You know what transformed this man? It was the power found in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus. Amen? Let me just say this, as a Christian, if we're going to be able to live in this crazy, dark, spiritual world we're living in, if we're going to be able to do, do, do battle with the, the forces of darkness, hey, you know what's got to be one of the main weapons in our arsenal? The name of Jesus Christ. By the way, I love just saying His name. By the way, you know what you find out in the world? His name makes people nervous. They don't mind throwing the word God out there a little bit. 
Okay? Because you know what? Truth be told, God can mean a lot of things to different people. But you start getting specific, specifically the name of Jesus, oh man, it starts causing some ripple effects, amen? I love to see it. It makes people nervous. I love being in a restaurant. And, and, and by the way, as Christians, you know what you ought to do? No matter where you're at before your meal, you ought to pray and ask and thank God for it, amen? I don't care where you're at, what restaurant, who's around. But I love being in a restaurant. And I don't stand up on the t- table and get everyone's attention and say this big flowery prayer. I don't do that. I, I think that would be a foolish thing to do. But you know what we do do? We pray for our meal. We thank God for it. And I always make sure that when I'm praying, I always love saying out loud, in Jesus, and in fact, I get a little bit loud, in Jesus' name, amen. You know why? Because I want people to hear His name. And I'm going to tell you, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. All throughout the Scripture, you find that. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. John chapter 1, verse 12, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. John chapter 20, verse Verse 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. And again, let me say, church, there's power in that name. Amen? Let me tell you what our, as Christians our job is. It's to point mankind to Jesus Christ. To point mankind to Him. Again, the Bible encourages us to pray in His name, to preach in His name, to witness in the power of His name, to confront demonic attacks by calling out His name. Listen, our job is to lift Him up. Amen? And by the way, when we lift Him up, He does what He promised to do, and that's to draw all men into Himself. Listen, folks, I can't make anybody believe anything. By the way, that's not my job. Amen? I'm not out trying to, you know, make people believe this or make people believe that. Again, yesterday we were out talking to folks and, and I ran into a gentleman and truth be told, had no interest in what I was saying. No interest. He, 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 was, he was fairly polite. But no, and by the way, that's okay. Listen to me, folks. Uh, I, I'm just a messenger, amen? I'm just out trying to deliver a message. What people do with it between them and God, amen? But I'm going to say this. we got to get out there and lift him up we got to lift Him up because if we lift Him up, Jesus said He would draw all men into Himself. By the way, why is God doing some good things here at White River Baptist Church? Because I believe to the best of our ability, we're trying to lift Him up. Amen? Now, could we do better? I think we could do better. I think we ought to challenge ourselves to do better. I think that, you know what, we could probably lift Him up more in our workplaces. Amen? I think we could probably lift them up more in our homes. I think we could probably lift them up more in our neighborhood. Lift them up wherever we go. I, I'm sure we're not batting a thousand at it, amen. I'm sure we're not. But let me say this. We strive to do it. And I'm going to say, as long as we strive to do it, God will do what He promised to do. And that's to draw them in unto Himself. So church, let me encourage you. Hey, keep lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Talk about Him. Witness about Him. Uh, uh, teach your children about Him. Uh, everything you can, lift up His name. And I promise you, if you do that, God will, will do some great and mighty things. So this transformation happened because of the power found in the name of Jesus. How about this? This transformation, man, this is good. Turn a pathetic beggar into a praising believer. Amen? Again, why was that? Why did that happen? Because of Jesus Christ. Look what it says in verse 8 and 9. And he, talking about the leper, leaping, up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Hey, you know what? When Jesus Christ transformed him, he wasn't ashamed of it. 
Everybody, you know what? He didn't care what people thought about him. He didn't care who was looking. All he knew was he was a beggar. He was lame. Now he was healed. Set his feet on a new path. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to praise God about it. Amen? Turn him into a praising believer. And let me just say this, folks. God has been so good to us, has He not? I ought to get a few more amens than that. Let me say that again. God has been so good to us, has He not? Amen. Yes, He's been good to us. Amen? Yesterday... Uh, before we went out, Brother Tim was here early and uh, we were talking. Man, he was just rejoicing and, and how God was, was working amongst the people of our church and we were sharing some blessings about what God was doing. We spent just a few minutes praising God about the things He's doing and God has been good to us. Amen? And you know what we need to do for it? We need to praise. Amen? By the way, let me say this. Even when you don't think God's good to you, you need to praise. By the way, whether you think God's good or not, He's good. You know why? Because God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And our perception of, of, of what we think God is or isn't doesn't change the fact that He is a good and amazing and wonderful God. You say, yeah, preacher, but you don't understand this. You don't understand that. Maybe I don't, but let me say this. God never's made a mistake. Alright? And I'll just promise you, as a Christian, no matter what you're going through, He's there to help you through it. He wants to teach you something through it. So hey, listen, by the way, if somebody's telling you, you're hearing whisper in your ear that God's not good, just do, a little, do the little sniff test, because it didn't come from heaven, I can tell you that. You're probably going to smell brimstone. You're probably going probably to smell fire, because let me tell you folks, anybody that's telling you God's not good, that's coming directly from hell itself. Amen? Because God is good. He's good to all of us. All the time, God is good. And you know what we ought to do? We ought to be praising Him for it. Amen? The Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in His... I think we sing that song, don't we, Brother Dave? That's one of our Scripture songs. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with His hand. I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread care of His people. That's what that means. Amen? Now, it doesn't promise you'll have all your wants per se, but God will pr uh, provide for the needs of His people. By the way, I think... By the way, look in the mirror. I think we're all doing pretty good, are we not? you got to wake up this morning, the greatest nation on planet Earth. Amen. Hey, you didn't have to wake up in some refugee camp in Poland. By the way, we need to pray for our, our dear brothers and sisters. Amen? There's people suffering all over this world. But you know what? It wasn't us this morning. Understand, God has different plans for different people. The way it is now. But even if it, even if it does, you know what? God's still worth praising. And we need to be praising Him. Amen? Turn this pathetic beggar into a praising believer. And then last of all, let me share this with you. This transformation, and truth be told, church, this is what it's all about. This transformation brought others to Jesus. Again, look what it says in verse 9 and 11. And all the people saw Him walking and praising God. And they knew. Amen. Listen, there was a buzz about what was going on about this lame man who used to be lame. And they knew that it was He which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to Him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together into them in the porch that is called Solomon's wandering. By the way, you know what happened after that? Brother Peter, being the preacher, he started preaching the gospel. Amen? And let me tell you what the point of the transformation was. It was to bring
to you. So you'll see the content of these things. Second Corinthians chapter shouldn't be too far from there. There in a couple books over. Second Corinthians chapter five. Notice what the scripture says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Maybe saved later in life, whether God rescued you uh, from the gutter or just saved you as a, as a young person. It doesn't matter, folks. Hey, we were all sinners before we got saved. Amen? And so uh, we were all uh, in, a, in a hopelessly lost condition before we got saved. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But let's keep reading. Look at verse 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us, notice this, the ministry of reconciliation. Hmm, the Scripture is starting to build upon itself a little bit. So the reason we're new creatures in Christ, the reason we have what's called a testimony, is because we now have been given the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath, notice this, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are, look at that next word, say it together with me, verse 20, you ready? Ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Hey, you know the point of transformation? The point of God changing us? So that, hey, listen to me, we can be a testimony to others of what God can do in their life, amen? I'm going to tell you something. This, this lame man, he wasn't healed so he could walk around looking down at the other cripples. He wasn't healed so it would make him proud. You know what? He was healed so it would give him a chance to make him productive. Christ healed him so he would be a beacon of hope, a testimony of what Christ can do for others. By the way, you know what I look around this room and see? I see people who have the BC stories. Amen? Who, by the way, you weren't always where you're at now. Okay, we, I haven't always been where I'm at. Not that I've arrived. I still have a long way to go. But I'll say this, God's brought me a long way. Amen. It's been a long journey, but I've been blessed. And I think we all could say that. Listen to me, the reason God has worked in your life and will continue to work in your life, listen, so you can take that testimony and then go out and reach somebody else for the Lord. That's why God changes us. That's why God, by the way, that's why God's making your marriage better. Not so you can just, you know, enjoy marital bliss and walk around with your, you know, head in a, in a love cloud, okay? Although that's a good thing to do, alright? I like that, I like that place. But you know what? So the world can see us, so other people can see us and, and not look at them and say, wow, what, what a Christian. No, they'll look at us and say, wow, what a Savior, amen? amen? And then we in turn can use what God's doing in our life then to be a testimony to somebody else. When I was a teenager, uh, when I was 15, of course, I, was, I had the privilege of, of attending a Christian school all my upbringing, and I thank my parents for that, that taught me those things. And, uh, but uh, uh, when I was 15, I, I went to uh, the public school uh, for a summer to take driver's ed, and that was my first introduction to the public school. And you talk about just uh, you know, uh, a kid who had been brought up in a Christian school, I mean, get, getting thrown into that, I'll be honest with you, it was a little bit of culture shock to me. But you know what? I had some parents, and I had a pastor who prepared me for it. Now, I remember my pastor telling me before I was going in to do that, he says, now listen to me. He says, you know what? You're getting ready to be light entering darkness. 
He says, once you go in there and be a testimony for Jesus Christ. And I remember my grandma one, one afternoon picked me up from the public school. By the way, it had been a rough day that day. When I, when, I, when, I, when I went into the public school at 15 years old, you know what? I had my Bible in my pocket. I did it on purpose. I did it for a reason. By the way, it happened to be one of the weeks was vacation Bible school. Hey, guess what dropped me off right in front of the public school? The church bus. And they saw that. And all of a sudden, man, you know, here's this scrawny 15-year-old kid walking in with the Bible in his pocket. They thought it was going to be fair game. By the way, they tried, but as much as they gave it to me, I gave it right back to them. You know how I gave it back to them? Uh, witnessing to them. Yeah. Preaching the gospel to them. Yeah. And you know what? One day, I remember one, uh, one particular day, I walked out of that class a little discouraged. It had been a pretty rough day. Amen? It was a feeding frenzy, I guess. And my grandma picked me up, and I was a little down, a little discouraged. And here's what my grandma told me. A preacher's wife, for most of her life, she told me, she says, you know what? Don't get discouraged. Your life may be the, some Bible, may be the only Bible some people ever read. And she gave me that encouragement. And you know what? I, I, but by God's help and God's grace, I went back in and began to continue to try to uphold the Christian testimony and witness to those, those young people. And praise the Lord, may I say this, that by the end of that summer, I was able to go back and, and, and go to their homes because I, I discreetly got where they lived at, all right? And I would ask them where they lived. And I discreetly went back or, or got their names and then boldly went back and, and uh, took one of the men from the church with me. And I got to see about three of those young people come to Christ after that summer. Amen? Now listen to me, folks. All I'm saying is this. The reason God works in us so that we in turn can allow God to work through us to help other people. Who are you influencing, by the way? Okay, Who, who is God using you to help? You say, preacher, I haven't always been uh, the, the, the best Christian. I've always been the best example. You know what? You can change that, amen? By the way, just be honest with people. You know, you know here's the thing, okay? You know, the world watches throw the word hypocrite out. Oh, you Christians, bunch of hypocrites, bunch of hypocrites. Now listen to me, folks. Listen, we're not perfect, amen? But you know what we are? We are forgiven. And I'll say this. The world doesn't necessarily expect perfection, but you know what they expect? They expect consistency. And by the way, if you do make a mistake, own it. Apologize. Amen? Hey, maybe you need to go to your, your, your work and, and say, you know what, I, I just want to let everybody know something. I'm a Christian. I love God. I haven't always represented that. And I want to apologize to you for my poor Christian testimony. And by God's help, by, by God's grace, I want to be a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. You talk about making people speechless. By the way, you, they would probably respect you more than you would even think about that. And you know what? Listen, then, be, then begin to go on and allow God to... Hey, and we've talked about this before. See your work as a mission field. Why do you think you work where you work, men, ladies? Okay, it's not just to earn a living because according to the verse we just read, God sent you there as His ambassador. Amen? An ambassador for Christ. And let's start looking at our life that way, that everywhere we go, the people we meet, God wants to use us then to help other people. So this transformation brought others to Jesus Christ. And folks, let me just close with this this morning. Amen? As we looked at this, this lame man, we looked at a life that was changed. Let me just ask you this, and uh, I know we have some visitors here this morning, and, and by the way, you're in a gospel preaching church, amen? You're in a place where the preacher's not afraid to get up and, and preach to you the truth about the Word of God, that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, amen? Let me just ask you this this morning. Do you know for sure when you die you're going to heaven? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your say? Hey, I like the Bible terminology. Have you been born again? And you do know 100%. I'm not talking about 90%. I'm not talking about 99%. I, I talk to people all the time. I ask them the question, do you know for sure if you die, you're going to heaven? Well, I think I might. Listen to me, folks. Eternity is too long to gamble with I think I might. 
You need to know 100% sure that when you die, you're going to heaven. And by the way, i got good news for you. You can know that. Amen. The Bible tells us we can know for sure. You say, well, well preacher, uh, how do I know that? Do I, do I come and join your church? Do I, do I promise to, uh, to, to let my good works outweigh my bad works? And listen, I want folks to join the church. I want folks to be better people. But listen, folks, joining the church isn't going to make you a Christian no more than walking to a garage makes you a car. Amen? It's not a matter of religion. It's not a matter of doing this or doing that. The Bible's very clear on how we're to be saved. Number one, we must realize that we're sinners. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. You see, folks, man has a universal problem. You know what that problem is? Sin! Sin! You know why the world's the mess it's in today? Because of sin! And you know what, by the way? We're the one that got ourselves into that problem. Amen? We're the ones that disobeyed. By the way, God started this thing out perfect. It wasn't God's fault. It was our fault. Amen? Well, well, the devil made Eve do it. No, Eve chose to do it. Amen? And by the way, well, well, I don't think I would have done that. If we would have been there, we probably would have messed it up even worse than she messed it up. Let's just be honest. Amen? The Bible says, for all have sinned. We're all sinners. Amen? Number two, because of our sin, there's a penalty on our sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Listen, folks, there's consequences for sin. You know what that consequence is? Death and hell. Death and hell. Amen? Death was never part of the equation until mankind sinned. And by the way, God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go to hell because of their disbelief in Jesus Christ. God did everything He could to rescue man from hell. By the way, if a person goes to hell, they're trespassing. God never didn't even make hell for man. He made it for the devils and His angels. But because of mankind's refusal to believe in the payment God made, the the refusal to accept the payment, that's why mankind has to spend an eternity in hell. Amen? Hey, listen, there's a penalty for our sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages or the payment of sin is death. Amen? We deserve that. Just like if we break a law of the land. Amen? You break a law of the land, you go out here on Interstate 69, I've been hearing a lot about the the state police uh, clocking people and arresting people for driving 130, 140 miles an hour out on 69. Listen, you drive that fast and you get caught, there's going to be a big penalty to pay. But you know what? The penalty for our sin, you know what it is? Death and hell. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay that. I mean, listen, if I, hopefully I would never drive that fast in the first place. Some of you don't believe that, do you? All right? But if I did, man, I wouldn't want to have to pay that fine. Man, I, I would be, I mean, lose your license, go to jail. Possibly get your vehicle towed. That's a big penalty to pay. Listen, I don't want to have to pay the penalty for my sin. By the way, you don't have to. Amen? Because the Bible says this, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus came to this earth, folks. He Listen, hey, He didn't come here because He had sin. Amen? The Bible says He was the perfect sinless Son of God. He knew no sin. He came here, born of a virgin, lived that perfect sinless life, set His face like a flint toward the cross. You know why? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross. Why? For the sins of mankind. The Bible says He died a substitutionary death. You know what that means? It should have been you and I die on the cross to pay for our sin. And by the way, had we have done that, we still would have died and gone to hell. Because our blood wasn't good enough to pay the price that had to be paid. 
Only His blood could be shed on that cross. Just like we sang about this morning, grace, grace, marvelous grace. Amen? It was the grace of God that sent Jesus down to this earth to die on that cross, but God commended His love toward us and that why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. It's a matter of understanding but, uh, that Jesus came and died on that cross for our sin. And then the Bible says this simply, the last thing you must do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? The Bible says, t- talks about, but the gift of... It's a gift. By the way, it's only a gift if you choose to receive the gift. That's why, even though Jesus came and died on the cross, the whole world's not going to heaven. You know why? Because they don't choose to accept the gift. I mean, come on, if I was going to hand you a gift this morning, all right? I, I appreciate someone, uh, Sister Pam, she, she made my wife and I a gift. And in fact, you can see them. They're under the coat rack back there. There's some yard ornaments and a beautiful gift. And I appreciate Sister Pam giving that to me. But you know what? If she came in this morning and said, I got something for you, preacher, and I said, I don't want it. Well, first of all, I'd be pretty rude. Amen? <laughs> all right? I'd, that'd be a jerk of me to say. But, but I, now nah, I don't want it. Well, guess what? It wouldn't be mine unless I chose to receive it. You know why those beautiful yard ornaments belong to me and my wife? Because we chose to accept them as a gift. Now listen to me, folks. God's gift to mankind is the fact that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for our sins. But you know what you've got to do to go to heaven? You've got to accept the gift. The Bible says that, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, you don't have to impress God with your good works, amen? Because none of us are good enough. You don't have to impress God with this, impress God with that. You know what you got to do? Realize you're a sinner. Admit your sinful condition to God. Call on out to Jesus and ask Him to save you. You say, it can't be that simple. It is! How about that thief? I almost preached on that this morning, but God changed my direction. How about that thief? that died uh, on the cross next to Jesus. By the way, what could he do? He was nailed to a cross. Could he impress God with his good works? Could he say, well, did Jesus say, well, too bad, too late for you, you can't get baptized, so you can't go to heaven with me. Is that what Jesus said? No, you know what that thief did? He simply, by faith, looked over to... By the way, at first, he didn't believe in Jesus. He was cursing Jesus. But I believe the things that he saw happen on that cross changed his mind about it. He repented. By the way, the word repent means to change your mind. He changed his mind about who Jesus was, and he simply looked at him and called out to him in faith, Lord, rememberest me when thou comest to thy kingdom. And what did Jesus say? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's how simple salvation is. How can something so simple, though, be so hard for a lot of people to miss? Because Satan has blinded the mind of their their, their eyes, amen, to the truth of their mind. And so, folks, let me just encourage you. If you've not been saved this morning, I just gave you a very clear presentation of the gospel. And I would encourage you, if you haven't been saved, why don't you get saved today? By the way, you're not here by accident this morning. Listen, you're here because God divinely allowed you to be here. Okay, God is doing something in your life by bringing you here. Maybe it's because you're not saved. You need to get saved today. Amen? By the way, if you are saved, you need to do as we talked about this morning allow the transformation power of God to work through you to help somebody else. Amen? So whatever your need may be, we're going to bow our head and close our eyes at this time, and we're going to have our piano player come, and uh, we're going to have an invitation. On Sundays here at White River Baptist Church, we have an invitation. What's an invitation? An invitation is simply exactly what it says it is. It's inviting you to make a decision based upon what God just did in your heart to the preaching of His Word. 
And, 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 I, and I gave you a very clear presentation of the gospel. But if you're here this morning, and, and, and no one's looking around, by the way. No one's, no, nobody's eyes are open except for mine, and everybody's heads are bowed. But if you're here this morning, you'd say, Preacher, uh, I, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I don't have that assurance that when I die, heaven's going to be my home. Uh, would you just simply lift your hand so I could pray for you? Anybody here like that today who's never been saved before, you've never accepted Christ as Savior? Anybody here just at the lifting of the hand uh, would say, Preacher, pray for me that I would uh, come to that decision? Anybody like that here this morning? How about a Christian? Did God challenge your heart this morning as far as the, the power of transformation? Are we being the Christians God would want for us to be? Are we allowing God to work through us to help somebody else? Else. Whatever your name need may be this morning, as we stand together, the piano player is going to play. Let's all stand as we stand, and that that piano player plays. What God speak your heart about today? Well, what's your need? If you need someone to pray with you, I'll pray with you. I'll get someone to pray with you. We want to allow God to work in our hearts this morning. Amen. Listen, that's why we come to church so God can work on us and help us and transform.